Momentum Volleyball is the online Canadian hub for volleyball storytelling, reporting, and event coverage, allowing content creators to connect with fans, coaches, and players. Momentum is the hub for athletes, coaches, and fans to find free and paid volleyball content, and we are proud to be the voice of Canadian volleyball around the world. Head to MomentumVolleyball.ca to subscribe for free and get access to exclusive content and all your Canadian volleyball updates. Hello everyone and welcome back to Sharp Cuts. My name is Garrett May alongside Josh Nickel. As always, welcome back to the show. Today we've got an excellent guest, Sophie Bukovic. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Are you ready to go? I'm so excited. Thanks so much for having me on. Okay, well, so excited. You may be exaggerating, but I mean, glad I like the energy early. Um, Josh, before we get started, though, before you even say a single word, we need to let everybody know we are on YouTube. Hit us up, Sharp Cuts Volleyball. Hit that subscribe button. We learned last week that we don't have as many subscribers as we've had guests on the show, which is a real shot to the ego. So, Sophie, calling you out right now. You better subscribe. I'm going to be watching. If you do not, I'm going to be upset, and we will we'll know. We'll go to my social and see if anybody else subscribes. Okay, we'll make a poll, and that'll be the test. We need uh, – thank you. We need that, Sophie, because the ego yeah. is getting hit every single week. So, That's subscribe. The other thing is five-star that podcast, wherever your podcast provider. Josh needs that. He loves that. It's it's feeding his ego and he needs it because he's looking a bit down today. So help us out. <laughs> Anyways, enough of that housekeeping stuff. Let's get into the show. So, Josh, it, we're recording this on a pretty special day. What day is it today, Josh? Well, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that Sophie's all like bright eyed and bushy tailed here, because if you follow her on social media, Garrett, she had like a conditioning practice. So I'm surprised she's even up this late, because with you being a Vancouver guy, we record pretty late. So with her being in Ontario, I'm just thankful she's here. But Garrett, it is a bit of a coincidence that I'm lucky we, we lined up a female guest today because it's it's Women's Sports Day here in Canada or maybe across the no, world. No, no, it's Isn't not it a coincidence at all. No, we meant that <laughs> oh, to happen. Man. Yeah, because we long term book, as I asked her, I think yesterday to be on the no, show. No, no, no. We booked well <laughs> in advance knowing this. This just shows that I have nothing to do with my evenings, that I'm just like willing to come on this call last minute, you know? Wait, so you're just saying you came on because you had nothing better to do? Um, yeah. We'll, nope, we'll of... take it. We'll take it. Absolutely. I mean, that's what we, that's the kind of the, what we get on this show. So, so I interrupted Josh. It's a day today of some sort. Well, Gary, I don't want to downplay this, but I think in volleyball, like, and maybe tennis is up there too. Like, it seems weird we have a day for this because I would say our sport is dominantly female. And I think, like, you've coached college, Gary. Like, it wasn't a big deal to have a female official where it seems like other sports, like, when they have a female official, it's like, whoa, like, there's a female official in the NFL. Like, I think in volleyball, we're maybe it's just me speaking, like, I'm a little unaware of it because I think there's a lot of. Are you going to uh, tell the people what day it is today or are you going to leave them in the well, dark I, still, I, I, Josh? It, it's women's sports day, but I'm saying, like, for volleyball, <laughs> like, does it mean. Be, like this big thing because prize money's equal like men can ref women women can ref men like it doesn't seem like it's it's as overblown as like other sports where uh, i forget who shared it on uh instagram today somebody mentioned that like women's participation numbers are going down as far as like sports in canada and i was like no there's no way but i think like volleyball's booming where maybe some other sports have a problem garrett and that's why we need to celebrate this and give it some attention well i mean happy national women in sports day to both of you <laughs> Um, Josh being the curmudgeon immediately throwing shade on it. I don't know what that's all about, but I mean, obviously, yeah, volleyball, we're a little bit used to that, though, being drowned out by the women. You go to tournaments and then you look across the aisle at the women's division. It's packed. There's all the women. Everybody's there having a great time. Women's 18U. It's a marquee thing. And like the guy, we're like, hey, we're over here, guys. But um, I get that that's not the case uh, for everybody, is it? No, I guess it's not. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah, no, totally. I think that we're super lucky in beach volleyball or volleyball in general to 
um, like women's sports is like women's volleyball, especially is watched and there's just equal amount of participation as, as towards men, especially when it comes to prize money for beach volleyball. But there's a lot of sports where that's definitely not the case. And I think celebrating national women in sports day is important, but um, I don't think that we've reached kind of that equality state yet, because if there's still a conversation and still, we're still necessarily having a holiday to represent national women's in sports day, then we're not kind of on the same playing field as men yet. I think the one hurdle we, we need to solve in volleyball though, would be the, the coaching aspect where I think participation, you could even argue that there are more women who do participate, but in the coaching side, I think it's very male dominated. And I don't, I don't know what the solution is to try to find more women coaches, whether it's just opportunities or if they need like a, a boost to get started. But I think that would be the one gap in volleyball that I see is just trying to find more opportunities for, for women coaches. I mean, yeah, well, I think I think youth women like we or women stop playing at an earlier age. Um, and right now with COVID, like there's a lot of athletes who are just deciding not to continue because it's been so difficult. They start recognizing what they need to do with academics, what their future careers kind of look like. So they kind of tap out, I think, a little bit sooner than guys, um, which then kind of affects the coaching pathway. Right. Look if at you making thoughtful and educated, <laughs> intelligent points here on the show, Sophie. Early, we're only five minutes in, and you're already making smart points. Like, okay. Well, this is just what I would what I would think as an athlete. Like, I I coach right now, but because I'm still playing, I'm still like heavily invested in it. But for athletes who get out when they're 15, 16, why would they necessarily go back and coach? Like, the sport hasn't really given them all that much. So, what? Why are they going to pay it forward and kind of give back to it? So it's almost an opportunity thing, but it's keeping them in that pipeline a little bit longer so that they find reasons to go in and want to give back to the younger generations. That is something we've never really explored much on this show, Josh. The thought of trying to keep kids in their teenage years in the sport longer. We talk about trying to bring people in. We talk about trying to get people interested in the highest level. But how do we keep the people who are here, here? You know, yeah. like, that's even been a challenge for us on this show. And I know we're not well-placed to talk about female participation in sport, <laughs> given that it's two men hosting a talk show of an audience <laughs> that's 90% men. Um, so maybe we're not the best place, but it is a valid point, Sophie. And I'm impressed with your intelligence early on the show. You and Josh are two peas in a pod here immediately. Okay. I'm feeling threatened by all this intelligence coming on the show. You clearly haven't seen many episodes before. <laughs> it's late. It's late. So I feel like it's going to slowly deteriorate. But uh... <laughs> Give me, give me a couple yeah, of minutes. Get it out early because we're headed yeah. downhill fast. I'm just fast. pretending to act smart right now, but like give me a couple of minutes and it's just all going to go out the window. Okay, great. Yeah. So I, I think it is fair to say like when I worked at the OVA, yeah, the peak age division was like that 15U, 16U girls division. And then you're right, it does tailor off where, uh, speaking to some club directors, like it feels like in hockey and soccer, like volleyball just has the one model. If you play club, you play club and everybody gets the same treatment where hockey and soccer, like if you just want to practice once a week and play once a week, there's a model for that where volleyball, it seems like whether you're tier one or trillium Z, you get the same club treatment. So maybe that's like the compromises. Some of these house leagues that do do exist and some of the bigger clubs run like pretty large house leagues. Maybe that's like the way to keep them involved because you're, you're right. So if like academics start to get involved, maybe they need a part time job, maybe other things happening where they can't do two or three practices a week, plus a tournament every other week weekend where maybe the hockey house league model is the way to go to keep them involved a little bit longer. Yep. For sure. And I think that like volleyball in general is just such a highly technical sport that it actually is appreciated later on in your age than when you're younger, when you're, when you're playing, when you're 12 years old, it's not fun. It's triple ball. Triple ball sucks. Nobody likes triple ball. Right. But it's, it's incentivizing the athletes to be able to play rally system um, where like when you're older, you learn to appreciate all the technical aspects of it and kind of that chess match thing. But when you're younger, all you want to do is compete and play around and keep the ball. Well, or is it though? Do so, kids leave at 15U because they played a year when it's not triple ball and they go, ah, oh, this sucks. I prefer getting the free ball every time to get me yeah. out of here. Which is why I don't love triple ball. <laughs> 
sets everybody it's up. It's unrealistic. Like you don't you don't tell soccer players like they'll play small sided games, but they're not revamping the entire game so that it it's conducive to young kids, right? Like I understand the premise of it, but I just feel like if you're going to get into the sport, then it has to be getting into the sport in the right way. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not against triple ball is one of the poor guys with Jason Trapani who had to like stat tournaments and see how much the serve affected the game. That you it was did like, that? It was right. over 70% at the youngest age levels, Garrett. Stop. Was either you a sat miss at serve, a youth tournament an and statted kids <laughs> volleyball? Have you met Jason Trapani? The, the most data driven, like we need facts. Like, sure, not... sure, sure. But you yeah, sat you there and did that. <laughs> Yes, because we needed the dad. Jason, I'm picturing you in your hoodie and your hat, sitting there grumpy as hell on a Saturday morning, statting a 14U girls Trillium C tournament, just hating your life. Yes. Oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh. And then it brought in Triple Bowl, but thankfully as volleyball has grown in Ontario, like Triple Bowl when it started, Gary, was a 14U thing. And now you watch 14U and it's like those those kids can play where I think it's trickled down to like it's 12U. Maybe the perfect entry point is like 10U. Like I'm not against Triple Bowl. I'm against Triple Bowl at 14U though. I think it needs to be If you go volleyball. down to the States, there are like 12-year-olds ripping jump serves. And then yeah. people ask why we're behind the development of the U.S. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty damning. Well, pretty damning evidence there. I mean, yeah. the one thing I will say about that that kind of age, even because we have so many players, right? But I, I I predict a reason why people are leaving and don't follow through that coaching pathway is because it is so cutthroat, even in the lower tiers, at least in my experience. Like you look at teams who are in a second or third tier, like down, not competing with the best in their division. And the tryouts are still stressful as hell. Like you got to like compete for your spot on the team. Your coach is not re-signing you every time. Like, what does that even mean for a 14, 15 year old kid who's like in a tier three team? It's like, no, we're having full tryouts again. We're trying to take this step forward. It's like, holy, there's no house league. There's no like middle tier where we can just go and all play together and have fun and enjoy the sport. We are severely missing that, I think, in volleyball. And it's it's definitely affecting, and I think the women a lot more than the men, because women play in a lot more larger volume than men. The men, right. it's like we have three tiers at a 15U team. So if the team in tier three is trying to get up, they don't have to go that far. But a yeah. team in tier five or six in a women's division, it's a lot of space to cover for all this high stress, high intensity competition. Yeah, totally. No, that's definitely accurate for sure. Are you serious? Yeah. I, I made a good point. You made a you great point. made a great point. I mean, we need to celebrate this. Yeah. Give me player of the week right now, Josh. I mean, are you kidding me? I'm on fire today. Like, Garrett, to give an example, friends of the show, uh, Aiden Haslam, Jake McNeil are coaching a 14 year boys team. And I think they had like seven guys at their first tryouts. It was kind of like bring a friend to tryouts for the next one. Oh, where yeah. when I've been asked to like go help at a girls club tryout, it's because they have like 50 or 60 kids and they don't know what to do with that many kids in the gym where like kids are getting cut at the women's level where guys, I'm, I'm dead serious. Sometimes it's like, does anyone know anyone else who wants to play volleyball, even if they already play like hockey or basketball? Can they just like come out so we can make a team? Yeah, been there, man. I wonder why that is. Is it just because like men's sport, like other sports are so much more appealing to young boys and volleyball is just like not in the forefront of what they want to do? And well, this is an amazing segue, you guys. And it's not often that the show, the start of the show goes this smoothly. So if you're still <laughs> listening, thank you so much. Like th you're watching perfection here. This this trio right now is rolling. But <laughs> one of the topics we wanted to cover today is because uh, we've all kind of done it as coaching kids. And I think to your point that you're bringing up, Sophie, is why is that? Is because I think the pathway for women to professional sport is a lot different than men. So what does that do to the kids trickling down who want to be good? like who want to go and play somewhere at a high level, right? So 
for young women specifically, like young girls, yeah. you could have somebody come up to your kid who's pretty good, say, hey, pay me and I'll help your kid be great. And they could be right. Like yeah. they, they could do it. I can get your yeah. kid to go on a scholarship to the States. There's a lot of those around. Whereas for the young men, it's beaten into them. It's like, no, this is not happening. Like there's no opportunities. You're gonna play in Canada or maybe if you're the best, you'll get a chance to go down. But the opportunity is so much wider. And what I find that leads to, and correct me if I'm wrong, is a lot of coaches sniping at those young kids, getting the money to tell them, hey, I'll help you be great. I'll help you be great. And that is just a huge pet peeve of mine. I hate that so much in our community and I have a huge problem with it. So I try my best to never do it, but I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely true. There's definitely more of an opportunity for like young girls to get their university paid for if that's kind of something that they're looking for. Like D1 NCAA schools have 12 full scholarships for indoors. Yes. Whereas like on the men's side, you're lucky if you get a 75% offer, which still covers the majority of your schooling and tuition and board and stuff, but it's not you know, everything. And you're going to a school that's 60 K us per year. Right. So it's almost in, impossible. It's like a million dollars. Canadian. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So I think that that's, you know, a good point. Um, just I'm two for two today, Josh, you better watch out. You were hard Josh, on me last week. I'm killing him. it. We're Sophie's on my him. side this week. We're rubbing off on him. I think it's our intellect. That's just kind of like, this is, this is, this is a change for the show. Everybody. <laughs> Thank you. You are witnessing history right here. Two for two, Josh. Market National Women in Sports Day, Garrett. Check. I don't deserve that check, actually. You gotta rescind that. Garrett, that National Women in Sports Day. Garrett, no, we should not be putting that out there. So Garrett, are you telling me when you used to beat me to the beach, because I used to be a common theme on Sharp Cuts, is you would be at the beach at, at the sunrise coaching like some athletes. You're telling me you did that for, for free when you coached those young female athletes? No, I, no, absolutely, like absolutely not. When I'm, if I'm going down there, it's got to be worth my time. But what I'm not doing is I'm not a two, two key differences. I think that I really try to make sure that I'm not doing is selling the yarn that you're going to be the best in the world. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing anything. I've never made anybody but myself the best in the world. And I can't do that for somebody else. So get that out of your head. And two is I'm not taking the exorbitant hourly fees that some of these people are charging for private lessons with a kid one-on-one. -on -one. It's like, yeah. how are you charging over a hundred dollars an hour for a private? What do you, what do you, what are you providing in that hour? Like you full it's of, crazy. you're worth that time. I don't it's even crazy. make that in my day job. I genuinely don't think that there's very many coaches, especially in Canada that are worth that. So anybody who is charging $100 an hour to coach kids, you need to stop. I'll tell you, anybody below, anybody below 17, 18 you, is not, no one's worth that. Just get out yeah. there and work hard, like get better. Yeah. Like it's totally. pretty simple. What are, you, what are you instilling that is like worth that much money? Even the concept of the one-on-one -on -one lesson doesn't make sense to me after a certain point. Like, I think small group training makes sense. Like, if you're on a big club team and you know, like, it, maybe you got a coach like Garrett who wanted to take 14 kids. Like, sure, if you want to get like six of your buddies and you want to work on some specific stuff, like, th I think there's time for that. But the one-on-one -on -one lesson, Garrett, for $100 one, how much situational stuff are you able to cover in that? And what, what makes it worth that much and yeah you got to do it every week every other week like that adds up over the course of a season where like your coaching fees might be more than your club fees if you're paying that much every week for a coach so you guys agree with me on this 
Gary, you're flying right now. You are flying. <laughs> we are three for three on this show, and I am I am taking it. I am letting I everybody know. There is there is a time and place to do the one-on-one sessions. Um, I think what? that they're worth a certain amount of money depending on who the coach is and what you're getting out of it, like what you see the value is, if it's actual coaching, if it's technical, if it's mentorship, if it's, you know, you just want to say that you've been coached by whoever, if it's that um, little bit of whatever popularity piece that you're looking for, that's, which does happen. Don't get me wrong. So I think that there is the time and place for it, but small group so sessions is way more. Are you saying that there are kids out there going, Hey, I was coached by Sophie Bukovic. And... It's happened so many times. What? Stop it. I've had athletes who I've worked with maybe once. I get emails from university coaches saying, hey, so-and-so has told me that you've worked with them. Can you can you tell me about this athlete? And I'm like, I've worked with them once. Oh, my God. It's true. You're, you're saying the truth right now. This is truth. Yeah. If I've worked with an athlete, like I have a core group of athletes that I work with. You know, I started an academy where... I coach a variety of athletes. If those athletes then go reach out to NCAA schools, I'm more than happy to vouch on their behalf and tell these coaches honestly what I think of these athletes. But if I've coached you once or twice, you know, I appreciate you being able to use my name. I want to be accessible for these athletes, but I then just like can't give a genuine, authentic, real overview of who you are as an athlete to these NCAA coaches, which is almost to your detriment. I got to say, we, we are on a roll because this is also another beautifully natural segue to another topic we wanted to cover. And that is your business. You mentioned you do run the Academy, the Northern Elite, it's called. Do I have that correct? I mean, it's obviously yeah. not for me, but... Yeah, the Northern Elite is what it's okay. called, yeah. And you're coaching young kids to try to help them take it to the next level, right? But it is group training, right? Like, we're not saying you're taking a bunch of these private lessons and making bank on the side and then telling me you agree, right? No, no, no. It's a, it's a group session that I run in the summer for about eight weeks. There's three sessions a week. Um, and I have other national team athletes who I've hired to coach because national team athletes are all broke and they're all pretty good coaches. So I'm like, hey, let's, you know, make this a thing and you guys can help me coach these athletes and I'll also pay you extremely well. Well, some of them are good coaches, okay? Yeah, let's not make them all with the broad brush. Totally. And I'm very careful with who I decided to bring on board. Um, Thanks for jumping yeah, in there, Garrett. I agree with you. Some of them. They all think they're great, but some of them are not. Just because you can play doesn't mean you can coach. Yeah. That's no. a, a key a key thing. So Let's try yeah. out the gotcha interview style there, Garrett, where you, you tried to catch her with oh, yeah. like, oh, so are you saying oh, you yeah. don't offer private training? Oh, I, do, yeah. I do offer private training. Don't, that is definitely, I do offer that, but I also run this um, program where athletes, it's just more of a consistent training like you would have an indoor yeah, which like, we don't have on the beach. So I've thought about doing that same thing that you're doing. I never really had the time or the, the, the attraction that you've seemed to got to have people in and the connections you've got with uh, some of the stuff in the States, right? Like coaches yeah. you've met and worked with and seen over the years. Um, it's a tough business. I, I don't want people to assume that, oh yeah, it's just an automatic moneymaker because you play. It's like, no, it's tough. Like you got to hustle to get people in there. But I definitely yeah. respect the, the hustle to get the group training going because that's a much better way to make it worth your time, right? If you're out there and you got eight people out there and they're each paying a small chunk individually, you take home what's worth your time and then everybody's happy. You're not like taking a hundred bucks from one kid per hour, you're spreading it around. So I definitely respect that. I'm still in disbelief though, that after one session you're getting kids yep, talking to other university coaches saying, hey, Sophie Bukovic is my coach. Yeah, well, I mean, like I, because I was the first, one of the first NCAA athletes out there and I have made a pretty good relationship right. with a lot of other coaches there, 
a big part of why I started the Northern Elite, especially for the younger women, is to be able to share my advice, share opinions, um, kind of be that bridge to the NCAA. And I'm, I'm more than happy, again, to vouch on people's behalf, but I have to know who you are as an athlete to do that for the coach. Um, so there's, it's only been like one or two times, but I think two times is still too many. Well, I guarantee you it's happened zero times to me. And it's happened zero times to Josh. I don't even know, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it's happened zero times to Josh. For sure. When you said it was a thing, I was like, that's never happened to me. <laughs> pretty crazy. It's, uh, I was shocked when that happened because then I'm like, I don't know how to answer this email. Like, do I say that I've really never worked with the kid? Like, how do I, how am I going to go about this in the most yeah, polite like, way? Do you completely bury them and be like, I don't know who this is? <laughs> Well, I'm also, I'm, I'm also very honest with NCAA coaches or just coaches in general when it comes to the talent of the athletes that I work with, um, because I'm not trying to sell them somebody that's, I'm not going to say you're a 10 out of 10 superstar that's going to make a direct impact if you're barely going to start on the team. So I'm very clear with the athletes. I'm very clear with the coaches about what um, I'm going to be telling them. So it's just, it just put me in a really awkward place. That's to be awesome like, no. to hear that you're really honest and upfront with your opinions. Cause that means when you agree with me, we can take it at its face value, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Don't be trying to sell it later that she was just yeah, giving exactly. me the lip service. It's nope. all genuine. Yeah. And this week, I'm you, just, Big week. I, yeah, I'm hot. I'm on your case today, Josh. I listened back to the last episode. I'm still on fire from it. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody who's ever emailed Josh saying, Hey, this kid said they were coached by Josh Nickel and really wanted to thought that was a really strong thing. I, I just it? imagine like yeah, a, yeah. a top university coach, like Dustin Reed, emailing back and be like, is that good? Like, that <laughs> good? like <laughs> me or something? <laughs> oh yeah. That would, that would bury me. If, oh, if that happened to me, like somebody's yeah. trying to brag that Garrett may coach them. And then the coach is like, who, I don't even care. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> don't, I, I quit forever. <laughs> I can't handle this. <laughs> so how has it been going with the Northern Elite? Like, I mean, obviously with COVID, it's made things tougher, but have you found that it's a natural transition for some of the, your top players who come through to make that jump down to the NCAA? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I wouldn't recommend starting a business to anybody in the middle of a pandemic. That, that was a rough call. Yeah, yeah, um, I... but so far, so good. I think we had 36 youth athletes last summer and we had 12, 12 NCAA athletes. What? You, you had, yes. of the 36, 12 went no, NCAA. On top, on top of the, the 36 youth athletes. Oh, oh, so they're coming home. Yeah. Oh, okay, nice. So I run, so I would run the NCAA group from four to six. Um, they didn't, no charge. They don't pay for it because I'm like, you've paid your dues. You're representing Canada and the States. Like I had such poor options for training when I came home from the NCAA. My coach would look at me and she'd be like, don't come home shit. I hope I can say that on this. I'm How dare sure. you swear on our show? <laughs> that's no, that's what she would say every time I came home. So I just wanted to give an opportunity to these other athletes to, you know, have a place that they can come to train with other NCAA athletes. And then the girls who are looking to go NCAA seriously, then have the opportunity to jump in on some of those practices, compete, train with. All right. Um, okay. This yeah, is sounding a little bit too good to be true here, Sophie. There's got to be some sort of catch. All this that's altruism, it. you come home, train for free. It yeah. smells a little bit too good. And then to there's got to be a catch. My assistant coaches for my youth group so that there's mentorship there. Yeah. And like, that way, again, learn how to coach. Again, too good to be true. Like, how does this. I have how, a halo up here. Did you not know? How does this work? I don't get it. It's just all too good. <laughs> I don't know. Am I just that's jaded? No, that's actually what it is. Yikes. 
Well, what are we doing then, Josh? Because if Sophie's doing this, making money, it's her business and doing good to the community out there. We're just talking once a week for an hour. Like we really need to rethink our entire volleyball lives if Sophie's out there leading the charge. Yeah, I'm well, glad my wife hasn't heard this because now that she hears that people are making money in volleyball, she's probably like, what are you and Garrett doing every like, <laughs> like, it's like Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, I, I don't think people are making money in volleyball, though, Sophie. Like, I can't, I got to say, it, it, it can't be, I mean, don't be giving us any inside information, but it can't be like an easy, easy business, just rolling, the money's rolling in. Um, I wouldn't say it's an easy business. I think if people find value in what you do and what you can provide and it's genuine and it's authentic and they don't feel like they're getting ripped off, then there is ways, there are ways, oh my gosh, English, there are ways to make it lucrative for yourself. And I think a big part of me still competing is, you know, the pricing of my program, parents are like, we want to help her, right? She's providing something that's of good value. My daughter's getting better. You know, we're going to open up a boys program this year to have an opportunity for young boys to be able to train on the beach in a structured, organized manner. So I think that that's also pretty enticing for parents is to be like, okay, well, I want my kid to do that. So let's get her to show her how to do that. I'm speechless. It's, <laughs> Whoa. it's like, it's great. Like there's, hey. it's, it's bulletproof, Josh. Well, it was year one this year. So let's see who comes back. <laughs> yeah, next year, you got, there's nobody coming back. Everybody... Well, like, I go from like 36 to like 12. You're like, okay, Soph, this is just trash. Nice. Okay, we, yeah, Sophie's success is making me rethink my entire life here. So I'm going to quickly segue away before we lose any more uh, ego deflation here. Um, we started this thing, Sophie, where we, a segment, we got some advice a few episodes ago to do segments to, you know, call out some people in the volleyball community to, uh, for good things and for bad things. And I'm not really sure how it's going yet. We haven't gotten the feedback from the community. So if you're still listening, hit us up in the comments on the YouTube channel, find us on Instagram, text us even if you have your number, let us know what you think. We want to hear what you say, but we, we go through players of the week and we each usually pick one, go through the player of the week, something exciting and, and, and great that they did that week. Um, and it can be for any reason, but we try to relate it to volleyball, but it's not always possible given that I don't know how much volleyball is going on right now. So, Sophie, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've thought about that. We'll maybe give you a little bit to just think think on it and prepare while we go to Josh for his player of the week. Well, Garrett, uh, I'm going to have two because I feel what? like we should have a male and female every time. But uh, I, I am hopping on this wagon of a team. We tried with the SAS guys thinking like, oh, they're a first place team. And then upon further review, they were five and five. But the real SAS team, Garrett, is the women's team who are 10 and two. And Emily Kashinsky is going off right now. So she's got to be my player of the week. I think that's the second time I've mentioned her because, like I said, Morty, like he's just not getting it done on the guy's side because, I mean, 500, you're in first place. But also, if you're a, a U Sports fan, you probably probably would have watched UBC versus Trinity on the guy's side this weekend. And Brody Hofer went absolutely bananas, Garrett. I think he had over 20 kills in one game. Jackson Howe got 10 blocks in one match. Like that was just high level volleyball where uh, I'm going to go with Brody as the other player of the week. I mean, look at you. Great players of the week. People's names. We got to get Emily on the show. If you've mentioned her twice. Yes. Like yes. Whoa. you picked her That's twice it. as the player of the week. What like a what are you doing? But B, what are we doing? Like. Let's let's get some representation here for sure. I'm hopping so, on the wagon of the the Huskies. So are you calling USASC women's team winning it all this year? Ooh, see, I don't know how to get on like, the bandwagon, Josh. 
Well, Sophie's affiliated with uh, Ryerson. Oh, oh, hey, but hey we've got a Ryerson coach. We've got a Ryerson coach here. Just kidding, we're, we're, uh, we're 0-6. <laughs> okay. I think the CanWest playoffs are going to be gnarly because Alberta's 11-1, Trinity 7-1. Like, there are some top-heavy teams going on in the Canada West right yeah. now. Garrett, Can't count out Ryerson at 0-6 as well. Yep. Probably can. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Ramley. That, that's the first shot we've been able for to now. take at Sophie this entire time, though. Like it's she's for been now. pretty, pretty Halo for this entire time. So let's relish it, Josh. I think it's me. When I came on board, they stopped winning national championships. So I think I need to quit coaching. I I fully agree. I mean, <laughs> I you should keep to your business because it sounds like that's going good enough. You're, Just move on, so yeah. you don't need to be with them. It's yeah, absolutely. Fine. Sophie, are you ready for Player of the Week, or should I go to give you even more time to prepare? Um, I think I have one, but it's going to be a Ryerson athlete. But in a loss. Yes, but this has nothing to do with, well, it kind of has something to do with playing, but I'm going to say Sam Sorrell. Sam. Sam Sorrell is an athlete I worked with in um, her 18U club year when I was coaching with Marquise. And she had, she was battling a couple of injuries. She was a stellar rugby athlete and she was battling an injury um, that she was told she's never going to be able to play volleyball again. And she practiced like a baller yesterday. So pain-free. So we're super excited for her. Um, whether or not she participates this year, it's, you know, I'm just happy that she's able to, to love the sport again and be able to participate. So well, I can't wait well for done, her to Sam. subscribe to the show, Garrett. I can't wait. Great practice. Yeah, yeah I hope so. Um, also, I predict she could probably tackle anybody else on that team better than anybody else, right? She absolutely could. Yeah, I mean, and that's always a plus one for me. Like, absolutely, Sam. I think you deserve Player of the Week just for that. She's um, the kind of person who will, like, throw herself into a wall and, like, not ask questions, which is probably why she's injured so often. But right, she really goes full out. Got it. Well, welcome back. Great. I mean, Player of the Week for practice is a first on the show, so we're making history again. I'm going to oh. go off the board here for Player of the Week, Josh, and it's a bit of a shallow plug here for the channel, but... I got to give the player of the week this week to a friend of the show, friend of mine, Jeff Stewart. Now, if you don't know who he is, that's okay, Josh. He won't take it personally. I don't know who Jeff Stewart is. Come on. Hey, I'm just saying. Hey, I don't know. He's a great guy. Referee here in Canada. Excellent guy. Roomed with him when we were at the Canada Summer Games in 2017, trying to get the referees to dance. He was a pure beauty. He subscribed to the channel yesterday. Jeff Stewart, you are player of the week number 40. One, Shout 42, out. 42 subscriber. I mean, we're excited when that, like if you're getting player of the week for subscribing, the show really needs to take a few steps up. So that's a self <laughs> shot, but Jeff player of the week. So well done, comment Jeff. down below on the YouTube channel, our players of the week. I mean, if you, if you agree with us, you disagree with us. Um, if you got anybody else you want to let us know, please hit us up. Well, I think JP deserves a shout out because he sent me a screenshot of him subscribing also just, just to prove that he did it, Garrett. So not only was he a guest on the show, but he followed up with the subscription. So, I mean, that's a big play. Yeah, but does he get a minus one? He, well, hey. <laughs> Maybe he just clicked it and now he's unclicking. It's a, it's a valid know. point. I don't think he has because I have all the back end information, Josh. Oh, I fair. saw him subscribe told him I saw him subscribe. So him sending you that image was just buttering you up even more. He didn't have to. We already knew he subscribed. I think it's me he wanted to impress, though, Garrett. I That's think what I'm me. saying. He wanted your <laughs> approval and, and you to be impressed. I guess he's going to send an email to a university coach saying that he worked with you or something. I don't know. Probably. And if that impresses that coach, I'm all for it. Okay. Should we move on to Clowns of the Week? This is my absolute favorite segment. Clowns of the, show. of the Week. 
my absolute favorite segment. I love calling people out. Um, <laughs> and I've got a bit of a theme this week. So we'll give Sophie a bit of a chance to, uh, to yeah, uh, know, get yeah. prepared here to call somebody out. Because it always makes our guests feel a little bit awkward. And I love that on Sharp Guys. <laughs> so, Josh, are you ready to go? My mm-hmm. cloud of the week would just be esports in general, Garrett, because not only did Come they on. have to create, Come they created a post on. for this. Boo. They created a post <laughs> to announce that nationals are not moved, and they wanted to celebrate it that the dates are the same, Garrett. And why that is such a clown move is because only Canada West is happening right now, and at best, Garrett, the OUA and AUS were scheduled to end, and and the Quebec League on February nineteenth. So by them holding the date, and OUA still hasn't started, which means they got to reorganize games. They're going to have to push everything back. They announced. And I think they wanted people to like the post being like, oh, nationals are the same. So I don't think it's helping out three of the four conferences. You know what? I'll pile on that clown of the week. Absolutely. You've sold me on that. I have another addition to the clown of the week for you sports, because while researching this show, I know doing research is a wild concept. I was on the U sports site looking for players of the month. Right. They they have a players of the month thing for the Mm -hmm. all sports. They pick four players from all sports. They stopped doing it in 2020. So they, they, they don't have any for the last two years, have no idea what's going on. And on the site, the name of the sport and the player's name are on the same line. So they're overlapped on each other. So you can't tell what their name is or what sport they play. Huge boo to you sports for being unable to read who the players of the month are. Unbelievable you sports. I think if we ever wanted to be live stream commentators, we just jobbed ourselves out of that. They're they're never going to call us. Nah, we got our in at the Can West because they actually (laughs) charge money for that service. Let's go. Yeah, there you go. Okay, come back to the OVA Grand Slam. But hey, don't joke. It's where you're I, needed. I, I would love to. They stopped paying me for it, though. <laughs> I'll so, talk to you soon see what we can do. We don't have the budget to bring sharp cuts on the road. We need that funding. So if you're mm-hmm. out there making financial decisions, subscribe. Uh, Sophie, <laughs> are you ready to go with your client of the week or should we transfer over to me to keep things rolling? I don't know. I feel like I don't watch enough volleyball to know who the clown of the week is All right, for me. Well, you think on it then because you had a player of the week pretty quick. You, I guarantee you there's a clown rattling around in there somewhere. It's sharp so cuts. You gotta I'll go to give you a bit Be of inspiration here. Be decisive. So my clown of the week is actually another friend of the show, but one who I'm actually quite disappointed in this week. Josh, it became a bit of a tradition for you and I that we get a message from friend of the show, Carrie Gagnon, giving us recommendations for guests and interesting people to have on the show, also a regular commenter on the show. And for the past four weeks, we've heard nothing from Carrie Gagnon. What are you doing, Carrie? We need you, this show doesn't run without you. Get us on the horn and let us know. Clown I of the week, Carrie Gagnon. went to calling him a clown versus should we reach out? Should we make sure that everything's okay? Should we make sure that he's still making time to listen to the show? No, you wanna layer it on that he's done something wrong. Well, listen, if we wanna get his attention, He's the clown of the week. Let's go. <laughs> Carrie, hit us up in the comments below. I mean, I definitely hope he's okay and everything's fine and there's he nothing. Surely redeem this clown of the week nomination. Yeah, like he's been swamped week. with work and is like stressed out of his mind and here Garrett's calling him clown of the week. But hey, hope this you're doing well, Carrie. Right now, we Garrett. need you. <laughs> so that's my clown of the week. <laughs> that's how we roll on this show. Sharp cuts giveth and it taketh away. Uh, oh my gosh. Sophie, are you ready to go? Yeah, I think I'm going to say Sam Schachter. Let's go. I think I'm going to say Sam, and and it has nothing to do with volleyball, really. Today, he 
he's just such a clown in general. And he was pretending to be Tom Brady while Sarah and Mel were practicing. And he was trying to throw balls to Adam and, and be accurate. And he's just not Tom Brady. So, you know, he's just being a complete goofball today. So I'm going to have to say Sam. And I know he won't take it personally. I, I fully oh. support it. I fully support it. Sam, <laughs> what are you doing trying to throw balls like Tom Brady in the in the practice? Just do yeah, know your role. With his, with his ratty arm sleeves, with his ratty arm sleeves that I've made fun of so many times. Like, come on. He's, come wait, on, he's Sam. repping ratty arm sleeves at practice? You know, we're gonna. I'm gonna try to hook him up with some new ones. I am. I'm gonna try to do that for him. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I protest the arm sleeve. Period. But yeah. he, he rocks them. He rocks them. Hey, if you're gonna go arm sleeve, they gotta be mint, though, right? They gotta look good, don't they? And you, you honestly, you have to be Sam Schachter to wear them. Like you but have to be white, as Garrett. Skin. You a beach defender went with white sleeves, bold, bold. So bold. they're all brown now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a bad look. Yeah. Like you know, a black sleeve? Like Tom Brady, we're just like, come on, dude. Yeah, well, I think a, a pretty solid clowns of the week this week, you guys. Like, we had an administration, somebody who doesn't play volleyball, who's a ref, and an actual player, like a well-rounded series of clowns. Well done to us. I mean, yeah. show of the week, sharp cuts. I mean, absolutely. Good Subscribe. thinking, guys. Good Hit thinking. Us up. Uh, <laughs> let us know in the comments if you disagree. You probably do. Carrie, are you okay? Are you, We need you. Um, Moving on. So speaking of the armbands, actually, yeah. got me thinking to another topic that we wanted to cover. And it's about beach athletes and this kind of desire. And even I said it, this desire to like look good. This very yeah. conscious, like, I need to look good. You look at a beach athlete's Instagram. It is, I mean, many of them are pristine, Josh. Like I was lurking before the show. Guilty. Guilty. And I was like, these pose photos, everyone's got to look good. I mean, the makeup, the flexing yeah. shots with the dudes, shirtless, like all that. What is that? Why are we so obsessed with how good we look compared to indoor? When you think indoor about indoor players, money. it's not anywhere near the same level. Indoor makes money. Oh, so it's money. So now beach players, we got to sell our bodies. I, my agent... Well, I know that sounds kind of bougie. I'm not making any money though, just because I have an agent. Oh no, you sound okay. totally bougie. Oh, oh no, your agent. My agent said to me, it is more lucrative and more important for you to be considered an influencer than it is for you to be a professional beach volleyball player. What? Wait, like more important <laughs> in what way? Like for your volleyball Wait, success? <laughs> no, for like for sponsorship opportunity, for endorsements, for you making money off of your social media that is the way you're going to do it. It's not being a professional beach volleyball player. So uh, you kind of have to sell your soul and like brand yourself in your social media in order to make money so that you can fund your athletic career. So if you have an agent and you're not making any money, can you put in a good word for Sharp Cuts? Because we need that kind of support here on this channel, first of all. Yeah, but yeah, second yeah. of all, saying to make money as a beach volleyball player, you have to be an influencer rather yeah. than just a pro beach volleyball player. Yeah, being a pro beach volleyball player is not enough. Right, but how many, like, so who's the example of that? Who's somebody who is an influencer? And because it's obviously got to take focus away from your performance if you do that. I got to think. No, not necessarily. I think that they're like, it's just something that you can do on an evening is just create content. It's not anything that has to be super organized or super, I don't know, um, professionalized. That's, I mean, that's, that's true. But it is a bit of a, it can be a bit of a distraction. I guess it is a business. Yeah. If you take it professionally, you can kind of do it like that. But like, so who's the example of that? Who's doing that well? Like somebody who's not at the, say not in the top 10 in the world, 
Because if you're top 10 in the world and you're winning, you're podiuming at Grand Slams, you're doing okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's not doing that? Who is still making money through their social media and that sort of thing? Do we have an example? I mean, I don't really know uh, like other people's sponsorship and financial business, um, but I think, and, and the other thing too, is when people post about partnering with a brand or collaborating with a brand, we don't know if that's for money, if that's for product, like nobody really speaks of those things. Right. So I don't really know if I can give you a, a, an accurate kind of example of that, but hopefully if you ask this question to someone, they say me. I think it, it matters on your federation where obviously like Sophie has to do a good job because here in Canada, we don't get the center of attention where like if you've just ever floated around Instagram, Garrett, some of the Austrians, they look like NASCAR drivers and like, yeah. don't get me wrong, Austria loves volleyball and those guys are competitive, but I wouldn't say they're top 10 in the world, but they have like eight logos on their shirt. And I was like, how does like Irma Cora have so many sponsors when he's like a fringe main draw guy? Well, yeah. yeah. And and look at their hair. Their hair is always <laughs> perfect. Yeah, that's yeah, that's something that that's just Austrians in general, I think. Though, well, right? no, but they got the sponsors. They got to look good. Like it's kind of part of this, isn't it? Like what? But what? I guess indoor players are making more money, so they don't care. And it's the beach athletes who need to be like, hey, look at us. We're like the bet. We're super cool and give us money. Kind of like the indoor players can just go off of being good, like getting a good contract because you are a good volleyball player. But beach athletes, it's it has nothing to do with your volleyball skill. If I go up to a company or a corporation and I'm like, hey, give me money, they're not going to care about volleyball. They're going to say, what can I do? What can you do for me? How good do you look with my logo on you? Josh, it's going to come down to it. The truth. I mean, we've talked around this point for years, I feel like, but we're, we're kind of getting to it. This is blowing my mind right now, because think about the conversation in Canadian volleyball beach. I'll get even more specific and how it's been a bit of a thing like, oh, sponsors. Oh, we yep. got to get sponsors. Oh, we need money. We got to get this and that. We got to get this. But Sophie's making the point. Well, the question is, what can you do for me? And up until a few years ago, we ain't doing nothing for anybody. Well, that that's the biggest thing I think like over the past couple of years that beach athletes didn't really grasp their head around is you can't just go up to somebody and be like, hey, give me money. They're going to be like, who are you and why would I do that? It's offering them something. Are you doing a team building exercise for their employees? Are you wearing their logo? Like you have to give something in return to them. They're not just going to give you money because you're a charity case. Yeah, I got to say, though, that does not sound like a like an easy life. Like not you're on tour, you're exhausted from playing. You got to worry about kind of running your social media business from tour. And then every year is an intense negotiation for your your funding. <laughs> Like for your your money with these groups, you're trying to build a relationship with to have this social media presence. Like it just sounds like not only is it a grind to try to be a good player, but then that life on top of it is another layer of grind. Like, oh, my goodness, yeah. we're doing nothing yeah. to support them, Josh. Well, one, we don't have any money. If somebody wants to put sharp cuts on their shorts, Garrett, I'm sure we would support it. But uh... Oh, I didn't mean we, like you and I. We are definitely doing nothing. We have no money for that. <laughs> No, I mean, we I mean, is in the greater we. Maybe that's not a bad idea is finding a way for like, I don't know whether it's Volleyball Canada or federations to partner with an agency. Like there are marketing agencies out there to develop like media to do, to do people's socials, like have scheduled photo shoots like European countries do. It doesn't need to be team-based. Maybe it's like the whole federation does it together. I love I this. I love it so much, Josh. Food for thought. Food for thought. Josh, take that, ingest it, 
chew it up, <laughs> think about it, get it going. Yeah, Josh. Now, <laughs> sell it with the men because if you come up to the women and pitch this photo shoot idea by yourself, it might not come off exactly the way you maybe think. No, I don't. To the men or to the women? Well, good point. The men um, are gonna maybe, leave it. The men would love it more than the women. Yeah, tell the boys, hey, on Fridays, on on you, what is it? Jersey Fridays. Jersey Fridays. <laughs> Jersey Fridays. We're doing a photo shoot for social every Friday where we show off our jerseys, and we're gonna get a, a deal out of it. You do that, and I guarantee you, you'll have like vintage stores in Toronto reach out and be like, "Hey, feature this jersey on a Friday." There's a free jersey. Well. Who's going to sponsor Clown of the Week? Are we going to get Chuck E. Cheese or like one of those, you know, can we get, uh, it just doesn't work, Josh. Like, let's stop trying to help these volleyball players and trying to help this show. Sophie, I mean, you got yeah. great advice, but it's not helping us. We That's are true. selfish right. a bit on the show too, Josh. You're right. Well, I will definitely one, subscribe, two, put it on my social. You, hey, you better subscribe. I'm going to be watching for sure. I'm going to be will. lurking. I absolutely, I absolutely will. Yeah, wait. So you're going to give us a free post on your social because it's do we have to run that through your agent or do we need any steps of approval do we need to get copy signed off on or you know i mean i could go that route but i think this will just be you know a free free go yes this is gonna Josh, set the okay, precedent we, it. Now, we can go to so many other players and be like sophie didn't charge us to go on and look how many followers look at what she does in the community you're not going to give us a free post jake mcneil like all they these other people they didn't do that I don't think we've asked them, but uh, I imagine. No, no, was, they didn't do that, Sophie. Yeah, Can you like believe a it? Staple courtesy. That's like uh, a staple courtesy. I know. Clown of the week should be everybody who said they wouldn't post about us on their social. For everybody who didn't offer, y'all are clowns of the week. You're clowns of the month. Now, part of that maybe needs to be a, an ask. There, there might be need to be an ask, but but well, no. Why do we even need to ask, Josh? People, they should just love us that much. That, that's very conceited. I don't know if I, I want to go that far down that rabbit hole. This week we get Sophie, then we try for Taylor and Pedlo and Melissa. I'm trying to think who else has like a, a way bigger following than us, Garrett, that we really need to like leech off of here. Yeah. <laughs> we can't even get Yes Guy Gaming to put out a post about sharp cuts. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I'll shout you guys out on the Northern Elite. There you go. Oh, yes. You can, hey, Sophie, you can say that you. you're sponsored by Sharp Cuts because... Perfect. Put it on my shorts. Well, hey, we don't, don't have the budget shirts. for that. Like, No, we, we definitely don't have the budget for that. But, uh, I mean, you, you could just say it. it I mean, it sure. doesn't mean it... That's nothing. But it's just... Sure. It's like people saying they worked with you as a coach. Like, you can just say, oh, yeah, I'm sponsored totally. by Sharp Cuts when it's yeah. kind of meaningless. <laughs> I think our... our Player of the Week t-shirt is still a good idea, Garrett. If we ever get money, I think that's the first move we make. Because then, like, people walking around the beach with a, a, a Sharp Cuts Player of the Week shirt, you can't buy those. Sure. So, our if we ever get money, the first spend is on a Player of the Week t-shirt that we give to the Player yes. of the Week. Yes. It has to have both your faces on it. When I was at school, we had our strength trainer every Wednesday have a Weight Room Warrior of the Week. And you got to wear a tank top that was camo colored with her face flexing on Wednesdays during conditioning, and then she got everyone one for nationals. It was the best thing ever. Okay, so let me get this straight. <laughs> when we finally get money, the first thing we're spending it on is a Player of the Week shirt with Josh and my faces on it. Flexing, one arm, you get the right arm, Josh gets the left arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 
I mean, but we're really gonna have to beg people to wear that shirt. Like at least if the shirt looks good and like just on its own, you might be like somebody wear it by chance, you know? But with yeah, our faces on it. People wear it, wear it oversized. That's like the trend, it's coming back. Like 90s, Jared, what do you mean when out. we get money? Like when we finally get like 50 subscribers and we get some of that sweet, sweet YouTube money, what do you want to spend it on? <laughs> I, no, I just wanted to be clear because I'm 100% down. Let's go. Let's go. A shirt with our faces on it. I can't think of a better investment in our business. Yeah. Than that. Sell some merch. You guys have to get a hat. You say yeah. business like this thing makes money. Like even calling this a business is a bit of a stretch. This is a business, Josh. Hobby. We can expense this on our tax forms. Okay. It's a full-on business. Yeah. Making yeah. lots of money. Now. Totally. Yeah, okay. Let's gracefully, not so gracefully, segue into our final topic before we ask Sophie what she thought, um, yeah. because that is always one of the topics, um, is two things, Josh, that we haven't covered and I want to cover with Sophie because we've talked beach a lot on this episode and I kind of miss it. We haven't talked beach hard in a while and I'm loving it. So we haven't covered beach celebrations and mm. I'm curious about our thoughts on choreographed celebrations because it is a thing in beach and yeah whether you confirm it or not people do predetermine what celebration they're going to do so do we do we think that's cool or do we think it should be actually no that's that's nonsense it's got to be fully off the cuff every time is this like celebrations in between like each point or when you win a major match like are you doing the koala hug like i'll is ask that you a question and if there's an answer to it It'll demonstrate my point exactly. What high five do you and your partner do every point? So I just got a new partner, so we haven't established that yet. Okay, so this is a perfect conversation to have with you right now as you're entering these conversations. Okay, it's okay. a thing, Josh. Are you're looking at me like you have no idea what I'm talking about? It is a thing. We just talked about it the other day, uh, Sam, when he played with Josh Binstock, uh, after Sam would make a big play, Josh would go down on one knee and present, and Sam would just like slap it as many times as he could in a short amount of time. So I think as far as choreographed, like, but like genuine excitement, that was a good selly. Yeah, like I fully yeah. support that one, but that one, even that one is a, hey, when I make a big play, I'm gonna go down on a knee and you just smack the shit out of my high five. <laughs> like they agreed on that. They knew it was coming. There's no surprise there. See, I would prefer that over, I feel like Todd and Phil really ruined beach volleyball for a while where they had like no sallies, it was boring, there was like no emotion going on. I would prefer like the hug count at the Van Open that you're a part of, Garrett. I, I would prefer yeah. like Sam Schachter just going for it, like as many high fives as he can get in like 20 seconds. Like that stuff, I think it, it helps. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it too, but at the same time, I am fundamentally opposed just on the principle of agreeing to a celebration. Wait, well, it's I supposed to be natural. I think Alex and April, for example, they practiced their like hug celebration and their high five hug celebration to one, have it be routine, but two, to um, not start the clock before they have to either serve or serve receive. So it's like after you're done celebrating, that's when you're however many seconds to get back on the baseline to be able to serve starts. So if you're celebrating for a long duration, you're getting that rest time. So I think in that sense, it's pretty strategic. But if you're doing something that's super showboaty and you guys have talked about it, like it's kind of weird. Like, I appreciate yeah. super players who, like, have their structured thing, but you also have, like, six, seven people. Or basketball players do the most hysterical things. I just don't think it works the same for volleyball. 
So, Garrett, as much as we've said, like, I can only see a middle hit a quick to five so many times, I can only see so many male volleyball players yell, let's go, before I'm just totally switched off about, let's go, let's yeah. go. Like, there, there needs well, to be some creativity. how dare you say that, by the way? Like, do you take that, that back go-to. right now? That like, I could go-to. watch yep. male volleyball players say, let's go until I die. So, watch yourself. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I don't know what how that happened, the high-fiving and just having it be coordinated. I don't know who started that, like when that became a thing, but, and everybody's is kind of the same, but a different variation of it. Yeah, like everyone's, like every partnership. Game, it's all like two up high, one down low, or just two up high, hug one down low. Like, what is that? What is what? that? Someone That's call what me I'm out saying. when I do this. Like, I, I like me. to hug. Like, I like yeah. the hug, because I like to show love to my partner. So I didn't yeah. ask, I just yeah. did. Yeah, same. Right? Like, I no, I, we're not talking about our celebration. I'm just doing it. You're taking it. And yeah. most guys were okay with it. Maverick was the one guy who took me a while to, uh, he was kind of, didn't like the hug right away. You know, yeah. like, what are, you, what are you doing? Like, get away from me. I was like, no, it's coming. And you're going to love it eventually. Um, yeah. Not sure if he did or not. We should ask him. But uh, like, That was me with Taylor, but I was just always too sweaty that she was just like air hugging. She wouldn't actually like go in for the embrace because I was like dripping sweat. And she's always just like so beautiful with her hair and stuff. So yeah, you gotta like it's the arms, right? It's the forearms. You can't like put the forearms on yeah, the you body. Have to just like it's not a full embrace. It's just kind yeah, of like yeah, because like the hands is fine on the back. Because your hands, yeah. you just wipe them, or that's fine. But it's the arms. If you get those sweaty, that's not good for sure. Yeah, that's there was a, a point in time where I wanted to hashtag our team Beauty and the Beast, and she wouldn't let me. Yeah, that like because that Cause can go hysterical. south. That can go south really quickly. I think it's so funny. I look like I rolled in cinnamon sugar. Like I'm covered in sand always. And she can just like take her hair out after practice. So I'm like, this is a perfect name for us. And she would not have it. Yeah. Like I get that. No, I, I fully get that. Cause like it, maybe you see another photo and that's, it's like, well, who, who, which one's which? Yeah. But nobody would ever really confuse that. Well, <laughs> I mean, okay. Fair. I didn't say that. But fair, uh, fair. yeah, like Josh, is sorry, this not to make you guys awkward. Is this something you're in conversations with the team about, like in this level of detail? You're coaching, like, are you dealing with this high five nonsense? Not to the point of where, like, Sophie brings up a good point about, like, how can you earn a little bit more time? Like, how can you, like, slow things down? Like, I, I we haven't talked about that. It was just, like, a weird water break where, you know, Sam likes to relive the glory days with Binner every once in a while. So we have to, like, cover all the topics. And one of them was the high five. Wait, like, he's, like, talking about how great those days were? Oh, yeah. Glory days. Glory days for sure. He's not talking about any other glory days? Uh, it, it hasn't come up uh, a, a tournament in Turkey a long time mm. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Just you know, so we should the- rename this show. Garrett gets constantly buried emotionally. <laughs> I think it's just Sam Schachter clown of the week. Because that would that would just I'm down for that. Like, <laughs> like full on. Sam, how dare you not bring me up when you're talking about the glory days? Brutal. Yep, fair um, enough. We so that was the one partner who wanted to talk with me about the high five. Oh, I tried to avoid that conversation. It's like, no, we'll just see what happens. If something comes naturally and we start doing it, that's our thing. We didn't talk about it. It's organic. But Sam wanted to have a thing that we did. And it was the double high five. He liked the double high five and I liked the hug. So it was double high five to hug was him and my thing for the few months that we were together. But he wanted to talk about it, which I mean, I didn't mind at the time. Right. Because it's like, hey, let's not make this awkward. Like this is what we do. But also like. 
what? Why, why are we talking about this? Like, and if we're going to plan celebrations, they should be over the top, Sophie. And I'm looking at you because I want to see an Instagram post of you and your partner doing some over the top choreographed celebration. That thing will go viral. I guarantee it. Okay, well, I'll let her know. I'll let her know that you suggest that, and then I'll uh, I'll send it to you, and you guys can play it here for whoever your next guest is. Well, nobody watches, so it's not going to go yeah, viral yeah. here. It'll go viral somewhere else, and we'll try to piggyback off that success. Okay, deal. Okay. Deal. The other thing I wanted to talk about that could go viral is, and I'm curious your guys' thoughts on as well, is the opposite. So when something goes bad, do you just completely lose it in frustration? Or are you always like holding it in, like keeping it in, like keep it together? No, I think I think that if you keep it together, you're just bottling it up. There's no reason that you can't have that like instant moment of just release and then get back to your stuff. Get back so to you your let shit. it out. You yell it out. Yeah. Yeah. Like just a, a, a curse or like a yell or a grunt or something. Yeah. Whatever it is, whatever it is for you. You ever like, throw sand or like kick the ball? Um, no, I've never kicked the ball. Many of my partners have, um, predominantly Tia Mirich. I will, I will say that here has done that. Um, but no, I've never kicked a ball or done anything that extreme, but I think you do need that little bit of release. I think it's unrealistic to think you can just hold it in and go back into service. Eve. I don't know. That's just not my style. Yeah. I never see. I never did. I never let it out. I always was only ever bringing positivity. And when I was frustrated, I would just never. But did you have a little thing for yourself that was like your version of release? If it wasn't like, like for me, because there's so many people that watch this, I'm just going to say it. If I get frustrated, I clench sand in my hand. It's very like discreet. And then I just let it go. But the, this like feeling of just having like tons of like pressure in my hand. And then that release makes me feel better about whatever the hell just happened. So it's a small step from that to full on throwing it. <laughs> Drop kicking the ball, yelling at the ref. Yeah. Or like just throwing the sand up and doing some sort of like, frustrated yell i think we underestimate the power of the showmanship of a well-timed freak out yeah not only for fan value but for a mind game as well like yeah. because if say you want to kind of uh sell something to your opponent and you kind of just lose it to try to let them know or try to make them think something's going on when it's really not. I had never really seen anybody use that to, to full effect. Tia and I used to like pretend to argue. Well, there was times where they were very real, but, <laughs> okay. um, but because it was more realistic that there'd be times where we pretended to argue or sh I would suck and warm up or she would suck and warm up to try to like hoax the other team into serving a different person. Um, yeah, we tried to play around with that a little bit, not on the international stage at all, but in OVAs and things like that. Yeah. Now Josh and I got to try to implement that in this show, the mind games to really get the best out of our guest. I think but if you're frustrated and you need to release, I think that's okay, Garrett. I don't know if you've seen, uh, the Russian pair Semenov Leshnikov, but like the blocker will just like shrug his shoulders and throw his hands in the air when his partner doesn't get a dig. That stuff I can't stand where you're like showing yeah. up your partner that I don't, I like the, the, if you're frustrated, if you want to be genuine about it, that's okay. But to like, just not connect with your partner or to like, just shrug them off. I, I don't like that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. that's the thing about sports, right? Is like we build up these heroes. But if there's no villain for them to triumph over, it's like your, your people, people you like going at it head to head. And there's not really that dramatic tension in the match because you're happy. You like both teams who are going at it. Right. Whereas if that team, you don't like what they're they're doing because you think they, they get really frustrated and they're kind of angry, kind of a, a sour team. But when you watch them play a team you really like, 
you're immediately invested and engaged and there's kind of drama and tension in that. You want to see that guy freak out because you're happy because he's freaking out because the other guy, the other team did something to make him upset, right? Yeah. I just don't know who's going to be comfortable being the villain because as Soph mentioned, like you got to be an influencer, you got to have a brand, like you got to do things where like, who's going to be the one like not going to Autograph Alley after the game or talking to kids or like showing up their partner? Like who wants to like live that persona? I don't know. Well, I think there's a way of doing it in like a positive way. Like if you look at Patterson, like look at Casey Patterson, he's a joke. I love watching him play. He is the funniest person that will take anything to the next level, almost teetering the line of like inappropriate, but to the point where it's just so fun to watch. And that's what his brand is now. Yeah. He can't not do that. And people just like question what he's doing. Right. So I'm not saying everybody can do that the way that he does, because it is so authentic and genuine for him, but there's definitely ways that you can do it that is still entertaining and doesn't take away from the game. I don't All right. know. Josh, if I come back ever to play, I'm coming back as a heel. I'm coming back and doing a full villain run if I'm doing it. Do it. And, and you'll see. Well, you may not see because I may never come back. I mean, <laughs> this body may never get back into shape. But if I do, I'm going to try to experiment with that and try to live that and then talk about it openly. Like, why not? Like, who who cares, really? Like, if yeah, I win a team and I'm out. being an asshole, like, I'll tell him, hey, yeah, I was I was being a total ass. Like, that was yeah. part of it. And then if I lose, like, hey, good win. Like, everybody's happy I lost because I was being a jerk. Like, yeah. that's kind of part of it, right? Yeah. As long it's as you get the subscribers, you know, puts butts in seats. It's interesting because, like, beach volleyball gets compared so often to tennis. I think like a lot of the time that's kind of how that, that comparison goes, but I'm like, are you spraying fans with a hose in the middle of a tennis match? Like, are there dance? There's, it's just so different. So I'm yeah. thinking like that, that persona Garrett that you're saying could actually be introduced to beach volleyball. I will not do it, but there, there, there is room for it. I think in just kind of what beach so volleyball is as an environment. You're saying you agree with me. Um, I'm saying absolutely that- she was John let's go let's go number five and that is a high score for me really Josh. I don't know how to do this sharp cuts <laughs> yeah like no I, I don't like I, I don't get this show we're still trying to figure it out 43 episodes <laughs> in. so now that you've experienced a full episode I gotta ask it's tradition what did you think this was fun I, I feel like I very rarely get to just kind of shoot the shit with people about different topics and have it be judgment-free zone. So yeah, wow. this was really fun. Not entirely well, we didn't judge, zone. but the listeners. The sure, listeners. but at least right now I don't feel judged. And if the listeners are judging me, then at least I'm not there to experience it. But I'm sure I'll get some hate in my DMs from those 50 subscribers. Well, <laughs> maybe. And I'm really glad you don't feel judged. I'm not going to say that it was or was not happening at the time. Okay, but uh, there enough. were... There were very there were a few shots thrown this yeah. episode, but they were across the bow. They weren't like insidious, like, hey, I'm just silently like thinking, ah, that's stupid. Yeah, fair enough. Well, thank you for saying that. That's kind words. And I mean, you did say at the beginning that you're very honest. You give people the straight up. So we can trust what she's saying here, Josh. We don't yeah. often get that with the guests who give us just the lip service and say it was a good time when maybe it wasn't. Yeah, no, I had a fun I had a fun time. My bedtime is usually 9.30 and it's past 9.30, which what? means this is a good time. Oh my gosh. Well, we better close this down because you yeah. gotta get to bed to keep that mm-hmm. high performance going. You got a business to run, you got a social media business to run, and you gotta try to deliver on the volleyball court, which we wish you the best of luck with because uh, it's a tough life out there. But we gotta see some nice celebrations, Sophie. Come on, pick it Thank up. Thank you. You know what? Okay. I will try. My, my new beach partner is pretty good with that, so I'll just try to jump on her coattails for that. 
Well, you got to outdo her. Forget jumping on the coattails. Dueling <laughs> celebrations. Let's go. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. I'll, well, I'll see what I can do. We won't see unless we do, in which case we'll be very happy. So okay. um, well, thank you so much you. for coming on the show, Sophie. We appreciate it. Josh, is there anything else you wanted to uh, cover for the, the three or four people who are still listening? <laughs> dozens and dozens of listeners, Garrett. No, I just want to thank anyone who made it this far. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank thanks, all guys. Of us. What a great, wholehearted episode here. And <laughs> I'm sad we got to end it, but we do. So yeah. thanks, uh, thanks for being with us, Sophie. And thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you next time.